The Insulone Podcast is brought to you by Cybionics, an emerging CGM brand that focuses on simplifying how individuals aged 18 and above monitor and control their blood sugar levels. Upon becoming available on the market, the Cybionics GS1 CGM has helped users worldwide navigate the complexities of diabetes management with more confidence and peace of mind. Thanks to Cybionics, now more people are able to view and share their real-time glucose data, receive customizable glucose alarms, and generate full AGP reports, all directly from an intuitive Cybionics app, empowering them with the necessary information to make better decisions about their health. Cybionics combines data accuracy and comfort of wear, which is important to us all, with a feature-rich app. The 14-day scanning-free and calibration-free Cybionics GS1 CGM aims to deliver reliable, seamless diabetes management experiences. For more, check out CybionicsCGM.com. This is the Insulone Podcast, where I, own Costello, try to redefine diabetes. In this week's episode, there seems to be this universal attempt for people to reassure themselves that the coronavirus isn't that serious. And they try and get this point across by basically saying, don't worry, everybody, don't worry. It's only the elderly and people with underlying chronic illnesses. But before we get into that, everything you hear on the Insulone podcast is from my own personal experience. And if you have any worries or issues regarding your diabetes, please contact a medical professional. Now, let's get stuck into this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Insulone podcast with myself, Owen Costello. I wanted to make an unexpected and slightly unfortunate podcast for episode five. I uh, right now am recording from the comfort of my own home for reasons that you can probably already guess. And instead of sitting in a studio across from my dear, dear friend, Graham, I am looking at his beautiful face across a camera on a screen. How are you doing, Graham? I'm not too bad, Owen. Yeah, we had to change our tactics recently because of this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 worldwide pandemic. Usually we're in a nice cozy studio where the heating is making us sweat an awful lot. But now I'm doing it from my bedroom and you were doing it from your bedroom. We've we've had to adapt. But on the reason we're kind of staying apart is because of this coronavirus and COVID-19. And the Irish government, where we're recording this in Ireland, of course, has said that we have to stay away from each other as much as we can. And when I was chatting to you during the week, I was kind of concerned about you because there's a lot of misinformation being thrown around on WhatsApp and on the Internet and Instagram and social media about different people who's at risk. So are diabetics more at risk to getting the coronavirus than people without the condition? You can feel slightly uncertain about what to believe and what not to believe. Now, I am not a doctor myself, but I am type 1 diabetic. So obviously when I hear the concerning <laughs> concerning st- statistics, let's say, it, uh, it's, it makes me look into things a bit more myself and try and reassure myself about how things actually are. So to my knowledge, with type 1 diabetes, you aren't actually more susceptible to contracting the virus itself, to actually getting it. But they have said that 
if and when you do get the virus, it can lead to more severe complications as a result of your diabetes. It's something that we need to get out of our head to think that we are more susceptible and more likely to actually get it, but that's not the case. So it's just, we need to take the necessary precautions to, to try and ensure that we don't get it. And then if we do, what uh, steps we can take to reduce the risks of experiencing complications. So I'm seeing um, a lot of stuff being banded around. It's the older generation and people with underlying health conditions that would be diabetes. So you're not more susceptible to contracting the virus, but is it the complications get more serious if you do get it? That's what they're saying, yeah. So, well, <laughs> first of all, I just want to address the fact that when you're scrolling through social media and recently over the past couple of weeks, I've been now self-isolating for, I suppose, just under three weeks because in Ireland, we kind of, we kind of lock things down relatively early. So I wanted to just keep myself inside as soon as possible, basically. But you scroll through social media and a lot of the time and something that's crossed my mind since this whole thing has come out is the fact that there seems to be this universal attempt for people to reassure themselves that the coronavirus isn't that serious. And they try and get this point across by basically saying, don't worry, everybody, don't worry. It's only the elderly and people with underlying chronic illnesses that are at risk. And it's all well and good to try and reassure themselves, but it's at somebody else's expense. And that, and that somebody else is myself and millions of people around the world with diabetes and other chronic illnesses. So it can be tough on a diabetic when they're scrolling through social media and all they're seeing is COVID-19, not that serious, unless you have diabetes. So it can be very, very intimidating, very daunting. So what was the question you, what was the question you asked before I digressed? So it was just basically, you're not more susceptible to getting it. It's just that if you do happen to get it because you have an underlying condition, as you do with diabetes and people listening as well right now, the complications can be more severe. Yeah, so when you have diabetes, basically any sort of flu or cold or other illness can be a lot more complicated to manage. Let's take the flu, for example. So what they are saying is that when you get the virus, it's more difficult to control. Because when, you're, when you have diabetes and you're sick, your body has natural reactions to help fight off that virus. So if you're sick with the flu, basically what happens is your liver will release stored glycogen and this then turns into glucose to give your body energy to fight off that virus. But obviously, if you're not diabetic, your body will, will react this way and that glucose can be then counteracted with another release of insulin. So it, they're kind of working together. But obviously, if you're diabetic, your pancreas doesn't work. And when your body is trying to fight off this virus by releasing glucose, glycogen, it's going to cause your blood sugar to go up and up and up and up and up because your body won't release insulin naturally. So it can be a lot more difficult because you need to keep an extra eye on your blood sugars to make sure they're not going too high. Inevitably, you need to administer more insulin to counteract that glucose rise. So 
it's not that you need to kind of worry about actually getting the virus. It's just if if and when you do, you really, really need to take care of your body because the unfortunate side of it is that if you do have diabetes, it's it's going to be harder to fight off. And say a diabetic started to get some of the symptoms that would uh, associate with the coronavirus, what would you say would be the best thing to do? Would it be just to keep control of your blood sugar levels and just try and maintain a really healthy lifestyle? If you do experience symptoms, call your doctor, call your GP, get a get a medical professional to kind of give you some advice. Obviously, we need to adhere to what we're being told to do by our governments. So stay indoors, self-isolate and reduce the risk of spreading it to somebody else. But specifically in terms of diabetes, if you do experience symptoms, I would definitely, definitely recommend you prioritize your overall diabetes management because if your blood sugar is well controlled and it's and it's steady and how it should be even if you weren't diabetic if your numbers are keeping consistent your body can then work more effectively work more efficiently and hopefully just basically work better to fight off any sort of virus that your body will be will be going through and do you know of any type 1 or type 2 diabetics around the world that have contracted the coronavirus and how they've got on well, I don't, I don't know them personally. <laughs> Are they but, your mates? But, <laughs> yeah, I haven't I seen them in a while. I've been self-isolating. <laughs> I only have diabetic friends. No, nobody else. So I, I, was looking, I was looking it up and there were a few that have got it and that have recovered, thankfully. So I don't want people listening at home to think that the coronavirus is like a death sentence if you get it and and you you have diabetes because that is just not the case so to reassure people out there i've looked into it and i've seen numerous people around the world that have type 1 and type 2 of all ages that have recovered so there was a 23 year old type 1 diabetic man in wuhan who got it recovered a 77 year old man in america with type 2 he recovered and a 63-year-old man in America with type 2 who also recovered. I remember in previous episodes we were talking about stress and all that and how that can affect your blood sugars. I, I presume this comes into it when you're constantly consuming so much media right now and the news comes on. I know for us at 6 o'clock every night on the news we see how many new cases in Ireland there is and how many deaths there's been. Surely that's going to cause stress. Yeah, stress not not even just around the whole coronavirus but stress in general for diabetes is uh is it definitely makes the condition harder to treat and harder to manage because <clears throat> when you're stressed basically again your body's natural reaction is to it prompts the fight or flight theory they say so your body is in an uncomfortable position or situation so therefore stress hormones are released like cortisol and adrenaline and this is to kind of help your body either fight or flight so run away or fight that's what it is so when you're stressed psychologically about something your body can't differentiate between a psychological stressful event or a physical stressful event so when you're stressed in your own mind, these stress hormones are being released. And just like with the virus, when glucose is released, Graham, your body will naturally 
release insulin to fight it off or to counteract it. But with diabetics like myself, our bodies don't release insulin, so we can't we can't counteract these hormones and glucose naturally. So if you're stressed, adrenaline and cortisol are released and these will cause your blood sugar to spike up and it then adds more stress. So it can be it's it's like a vicious cycle. It's, if you're stressed, your blood sugar will will bump up and then because your blood sugar is bumping up you get more you get more stressed but over the past couple of weeks it's difficult sometimes to watch the news because everywhere you look it like newspapers tv radio i know you don't look at the radio but and social media it's only talking about the virus there's not it's like everything else in the world is just paused because this virus is going on and you will rarely hear the positive stories and because you're you're just constantly bombarded with the negative stories and how thousands more are contracting thousands more are dying it, it's stressful and it's it's uncomfortable to watch sometimes and and i feel that if you're constantly absorbing all this sort of information of course your stress levels are going to rise and because your stress levels are rising your blood sugar management then can be affected. So, like, people without diabetes, they just have to self-isolate and stay at home and hope they don't come into contact with other people who have the virus. Whereas diabetics, they can stay at home all they want, but they'll be consuming the media and getting stressed out about it, and that will affect their diabetes. So coronavirus can have an effect on you, even if you're just isolating in your room. It doesn't even have to <laughs> come into contact. It can get you in your head. If coronavirus gets inside your head, it's going to affect your blood sugar. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, uh, it's mad. How are you dealing with it yourself? Because I, we would have met up regularly for the gym and just to kind of hang out and stuff like that. And I, we haven't seen each other in, I'd say, a month now. You started to self-isolate maybe a week or two before the government actually put out the guidelines here. So how are you dealing with being in your house? And I know you love going to the gym most days of the week as well. Yeah, I think the number one thing I'm missing is spending time with you, Graham. Thank you. I was I, I was kind of skirting around that, but that's what I wanted you to say. Yeah. Uh, no, I. To be honest, I've I've been good. Um, like you said, I kind of self isolated about a week prior to our government officially kind of giving us the the boot to stay indoors. But I've been fine. I like. For me personally, not much has changed apart from the fact that I can't physically go to the gym because I always work from home anyway. But saying that, the fact that I'm not allowed to go outside, I'm now less active, I'm seeing less people and that in itself can kind of take its toll on your mental health and your stress levels. But what I'm doing, like I'm keeping myself busy, I'm reading a lot of books, I'm playing I'm actually playing loads of chess now. Again, strangely enough, I used to I used to play chess back in the day. Exercising in my back garden. So it's it's important to keep yourself busy and try and take the time to do stuff that you wouldn't normally do to kind of keep yourself happy. It's funny it's like we're we have more time than ever to do things that we have never done. And I think because of that, a lot of a lot of people feel under pressure to an extent because it's like they see people online that are doing all these sort of things and learning new skills. And 
you can feel a sort of pressure to do that because other people are doing it. And it's like, oh, I don't want to let my isolation times go to waste. You know, <laughs> so that true. Kind of way. Yeah, no, I understand. Kind of but like what works for me is to exercise my garden and do my own work and read books. But that might not work for another diabetic. You know, what, what will relieve my stress and help manage my diabetes could be something completely different for a diabetic who's living in New York or Chicago, you know, that kind of way. And it's important for people to just be comfortable in their own space right now, be kind of find what it is to keep them relaxed and happy in isolation. It could be watching 15 episodes on Netflix a day. So it's whatever will keep you comfortable. I'm aware that around the world now, there are so many people working from home that wouldn't usually work from home. And I know with speaking to you and other diabetics, they like to have routine. So they like to know what they eat at what time they're eating. So they keep their blood sugars level. Say someone who is used to having a nine to five, they have their breakfast, same time, their lunch, same time, their dinner, same time. And now they're working from home and maybe the kids are at home as well. And that's kind of throwing their schedule up in the air. Would you recommend maybe checking their blood sugars more often because the routine is off? Or what would you say to somebody like that? Yeah, 100%. So more often than not, if you are less active, you're going to become more resistant to insulin. So your insulin sensitivity will be reduced. So if you're active and you're working out a lot or you're walking to work or you're running to work or whatever it is you may be doing, the routine that you're in will often be reflected on your diabetes management too. So you will manage your diabetes and eat certain foods and take certain amounts of insulin because you know how your day is going to be. And it's almost like your body has adjusted to that routine. So it, it could be through months of trial and error going to work or school that you know that you need this much insulin for this meal, or you know that I don't need to take insulin now because I'm going to the gym in 30 minutes. So I think that... For me, I haven't faced that issue as much as somebody who is in a steady routine that goes to work and goes for a walk on their lunch break or meets friends or cycles home. So I think what I would recommend for people like that is to try and stay in a routine in terms of the time of your meals and your insulin so that it's not a huge shock to your body. You're not now having breakfast at 12 p.m. instead of... 7am to kind of keep yourself on a steady enough routine but also expect your your insulin sensitivity to, to be altered nearly even mine because i'm feeling more stressed throughout the day i'm not as active in terms of going to the gym i've personally required a lot more insulin now so i think just to be aware of the changes that your body can experience over this time i think being able to look an hour, two hours, three hours ahead and say, okay, I'm not going to be going to the gym. I'm not going to be going for this walk. I'm just going to be watching TV. So therefore, I may require more insulin. It sounds complicated to you, Graham. But taking it all in. I'm taking it all in. Yeah, you're a professional. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure though it is, it is very beneficial to diabetics to hear this. And it can be maybe tempting not having to go to work in the morning you may you might have that long commute you might be getting up later you might be going to bed a bit later sleep 
I'd say is very important as well to try and keep in some sort of routine and keep getting the same amount of sleep as you usually would get. Of course, yeah. Depending on the amount of sleep you get, that can also affect insulin sensitivity and the amount of insulin that you require. So if you're getting less sleep, again, going back to stress, your body is stressed and stress hormones can be released and this can hugely impact your blood sugar and diabetes management. So I think just trying to stay on... It doesn't have to be like a military routine. I think it's important to try and enjoy the time off as much as you can. Like you're in your house, it, you're safe in your house. So I, I don't think we should always look at it as a negative aspect. I think we should look at it too positively to say, okay, I, I have time to rest. I have time to read books if I like. I have time to write if I like. You can do anything you want in, as long as you're in your house. So I think just trying to keep a clear head and staying to a, a consistent routine is always going to stand to you. But even just touching on the stress, to, to give you an example of how much of an influence stress can have on your blood sugar. So I had a Dexcom on a number of weeks ago. So Dexcom is a continuous glucose monitor. So it's strapped on your arm, has a little needle, and it's constantly monitoring your blood sugar. There's an app on your phone and you will see your blood sugar as a graph, right? So we all know that when you get stressed, your, your hands kind of get sweaty and your, your body temperature rises nearly and you just, it's a very, very uncomfortable feeling. So to give you an example of how, of how suddenly that can affect your blood sugar, a number of weeks ago, I got an email with some news that I didn't want, let's say, bad news okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm talking about and i read this i read this email and my stress levels it's like they smashed through the ceiling and my hands are sweating and i was i was just freaking out right and i then maybe a couple hours later later in the day i looked at my dexcom or my cgm to look to check my blood sugar and the exact time of when I read the email was shown and there was a huge spike in the graph of when exactly I read this email. So this surge of cortisol and adrenaline from me being stressed out just skyrocketed my blood sugar. So I think that's very relevant right now while people are spending a lot of time indoors. I'm expecting that people's screen time is is shooting up hours more than they usually would. And a lot of the media that we're seeing and the news that we're, we're seeing and hearing about is all negative. So it's going to have an effect on you. So I think just trying to, trying to reduce the time we spend on our screens to an extent will, uh, will definitely benefit our management right now. Well, I think that's it's important that you did go, give those examples about the diabetic in Wuhan and the 77-year-old as just a few diabetics that have recovered because you are only hearing about the deaths and the cases on the news. You rarely hear about how many people have survived it and got better and are out of ICU. So it is very important to see those as well. But unfortunately, that doesn't sell newspapers and clicks online. What sells it is death here and death there and... If you can, as you said, try and, if you want to keep updated, maybe do it once a day or something like that, maybe at the end of the day. But 
it is very difficult and if, if it affects it like you say it does with the stress going up and then that wrecks your blood sugars and that's not healthy for you you're uh, you got a bit mad in isolation i saw yesterday you decided to cut your own hair I was trying to give off the impression that I was keeping it together. Yeah, I gave it. <laughs> I gave myself a, a mean haircut last night. It actually isn't bad for someone who did it themselves. I won't be becoming a barber anytime soon, let's say that. Well, it's still not bad. You're keeping on top of it. So what I'm learning, okay? So this is what I've picked up. And let's see, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're like my teacher and I'm the yes, student, sir. okay? So having diabetes does not mean you're at more risk at getting the coronavirus or COVID-19. Correct. It just means that if you do happen to get it, that you will likely have more complications. Not likely have more complications, but it'll be more difficult to manage because of blood sugars. But any diabetic out there has heard of the sick day rules. So if we get a cold or a flu, there are certain rules we need to abide by just to basically ensure that things don't get worse, which are, first of all, do not panic. Contact your diabetes team, tell them what's going on. They will suggest things for you to do to stay safe. Keep taking medication like your long-lasting insulin because that's going to keep your body ticking over in the background. Definitely, definitely check blood sugar more regularly. Stay hydrated is hugely important and rest as much as you can. And uh, try and step away from the news. Try and avoid as much bad news as you can to keep that stress level down. 100%. It's, uh, it's, it's overwhelming sometimes. So update yourself maybe once or twice a day, but don't be sitting in front of the TV for the whole, the whole day. Owen, thank you as always. Graham, thank you. An unexpected episode, but we still got to see each other. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was, uh, it was definitely important to get a diabetic's perspective on the whole thing. So everybody, I hope, is slightly reassured right now. Their stress levels have been reduced, I hope. And uh, don't be so hard on yourself during this whole time. Thank you for listening to the Insulone podcast. Make sure to subscribe so each episode goes directly to your phone. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram, at Insulone. And if you have any question you'd like answered on the podcast, you can email it to the Insulone podcast at gmail.com.